This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. I hope everyone is doing fantastic. It is Sunday evening, Monday morning here in Gold Pillar land, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, it is Sunday, right? Sunday afternoon right now, my time. And this is the final day where my family's in town. They're all heading back to their respective homes tomorrow. So I just invited everyone over uh, for dinner tonight, even though we were trying not to host. But we've been hosting, even with uh, William here, uh, our new baby. It's been been challenging, but it's been fun. So I just made a Blue Hubbard squash soup, which I made on Thanksgiving. But I had more Blue Hubbard squash that I had roasted that came from... Sycamore Spring Farm from Farmer Carol that I've talked about. I roasted it a couple of weeks ago and froze it. And so it's really good, folks. Really good. It's got ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, maple syrup, cayenne pepper, a little bit of Amish butter, some cream, a little bit of brown sugar, some roasted carrots, and then some caramelized onions and garlic. It's sort of my own recipe that I made up. And then you puree it twice, actually, to get it nice and smooth, folks. It's delicious. And so my mother had ordered a fresh turkey, a 22-pound turkey for Thanksgiving from a local turkey farm, and she had bought an extra 11-pound turkey that she didn't cook. So I just roasted that up today. It's basted in butter and rosemary and thyme. It should be delicious. So they're going to stop over here. So I'll see my dad, see my mom and stepdad again, my sister and uh, brother-in-law. So it'll be a good time, folks. But I said, I've got to get a show out. And so what I have been doing the last 24 hours, I've really been going down this rabbit hole of central bank digital currency. And I know other people talk about this topic. Wide Awake Jim will be back on to uh, work on the third installment of our series. Uh, If you want to check that out, it's episode 80. We get into the climate change hustle. And episode 88, we continue with that. Jim's going to come on shortly, talk about Bank for International Settlements, uh, International Monetary Fund, all of the carbon credit scams going on. Eventually, we're going to work that into the rollout of CBDC. Well, as you know, I ended up stumbling upon Peter Thiel again in my research related to the eugenics movement coming out of Harvard University and then finding it transforming, rebranding, reshaping as transhumanism. And so I ran into Peter Thiel 
And then I decided to do a little more digging into Peter Thiel, which brought me back to central bank digital currency. And one of the questions my friends in my personal life ask me all the time is, hey, Dustin, you're following this kind of stuff. When is central bank digital currency going to take over for cash? What is going to happen to my 401k? What is going to happen to my IRA? What is going to happen to my investments in, say, my day trading stock account? What's going to happen to the cash in my savings account and my checking account what's going to happen to uh, mutual bonds what's going to happen to all of these types of investments people have tied to cash one way or another and so my answer is i don't really know I don't. You know, Jim, Wide Awake Jim, does a lot of research on this. He follows Catherine Austin Fitz, who has been on the Thomas Paine podcast with Mike Moore. He follows John Titus. I just started watching Titus's stuff uh, because Jim recommended it. And so it goes deep. Obviously, I haven't watched all of it. I really don't like to watch other broadcasters uh, because then I believe it's going to taint my material and I don't want to get stuck uh, repeating what other people have already done. I want to do my own research. And if some of the things I stumble into are stuff other people talked about, that's fine. I'm going to look at it through a new lens, through my worldview, through my perspective. So that's what I'm trying to do. Although Titus has done a lot of work on this and Jim has watched his stuff pretty much inside and out. So Jim will be on to talk about this soon. I'm taking the standpoint here, uh, the direction here of looking at it through the lens of where I opened my eyes to this with Peter Thiel being involved with backing the early stages of Ethereum. And I mentioned this on yesterday's show, folks. So let me just pull this back up again to remind you it was in the close of episode 96. And this was an article at cointelegraph.com, but you can find this everywhere. This is open source intelligence. And this was Ethereum founder awarded a $100,000 Thiel Fellowship, okay? And this was Vitalik Buterin, that's V-I-T-A-L-I-K, Buterin, B-U-T-E-R-I-N. And in 2014, Peter Thiel, through his Thiel Foundation, and then under the foundation, he has the Thiel Fellowship. This is where he pays kids to drop out of college. He gives them $100,000 to come basically work in the Thiel incubator for a two-year period where they work on projects. And then in some cases, I've found, obviously, I've not researched all of them, and there's dozens upon dozens. Thiel will come in. He gets first-round investment money tied up in their companies. And basically ends up running them. So this guy, Vitalik Buterin, was working on Ethereum. Okay, so Ethereum, just think of Ethereum as big as Bitcoin. Okay, and so Ethereum is this uh, cryptocurrency and there's a whole entire system built around it. And it's used in a lot of the metaverse second life communities as well. They're all run on this Ethereum blockchain. I don't want to go too techy with all of this stuff. One, because it's not my direct area of expertise and two it just gets to be too much it's like if i wanted to talk to you about a car engine and i start getting all nerd mechanic on you and getting down to all the little pieces inside of the engine you're just going to get lost and not understand it so we're going to do a broad brush here but there's a couple of characters that i am tracking a couple of technologies i'm tracking and i want to talk to you about that stuff because 
I don't think anyone has really touched on it yet. So again, I'm coming at this from a different point of view, right? I'm not a financial expert. I'm not an economist. I am someone who likes to research what the technocracy is doing, what transhumanism is doing. And I like to look at companies. I'm really interested in seeing who is funding companies, who's behind companies, where the money is coming from. That's the type of investigative work I like to do. And so Jim, for instance, he is reading through all the Bank for International Settlement documents. He has a huge one on central bank digital currency. And he did a quick search and he didn't find Ethereum as a keyword in that paper. That's okay. I'm researching this from the angle of the companies, the so-called private companies that are actually building out what will become the possible infrastructure for CBDC because it's quite complicated. And they're going to have to interlink all of these different countries all of these different systems and so there's a lot of companies right now competing to see who is going to be the leader this just happens to be one i find to be quite interesting and so eventually my hope is that with the research that jim does and maybe eventually i could get john titus on or Catherine austin fitz that i can take my research jim's research and their research and we could start to figure out when cbdc is coming okay so as jim pointed out to me today there's really two legal means of currency right now as far as the government's concerned, and that's paper money and coins okay paper money and coins they claim they need a law passed or jerome powell claims they need a law passed to make digital currency the third form of currency and then their ultimate goal would be to erase the paper money and the coins and only have the digital currency now myself personally I don't really believe in um, the rule of law anymore. I am 100% convinced that we live in, I I would say by old definitions, it would be called a quasi-technocracy where you still have some form of a representative government or a parliamentary system with an underlying technocracy ruled by the scientists, engineers, and technologists. But in my personal opinion, right now, I see it as a technocracy uh, with the illusion of a representative government here in the United States. Around the world, it would be the illusion of a parliamentary system, an illusion of a dictator, but I believe we are in a technocracy. I believe that is our culture. And I was talking to Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast today on the phone, and I told her, it's not the Yuval Noah Hararis. It's not even the Dennis Bushnells. It's not the Peter Thiels and the Elon Musk, really, that scare me. It's the people like my stepfather, okay, who's an engineer and does government contracting. It's uh, his business partner who does the same thing and has been doing it for 40 years because those guys are, if you talk to them, if you have an in-depth conversation with them over a few beers, over dinner or whatever, you will find out that they are technocrats, okay? That's embedded inside them. Uh, One of them, at least, is a transhumanist. He agrees with those principles, yet they don't even know what the term transhumanism or technocracy is so that's the scary part they are part of the science and engineering community that is helping build this digital slave plantation that is helping the fourth industrial revolution move forward with the merger of the physical biological and digital yet they don't even realize that's what they're doing 
All right, so they're pretty scary. But then take it down to the stay-at-home mom, right, who goes out to the grocery store with her two-year-old kid in the grocery cart. And the kid starts to whine a little, and you see her hand the kid an iPad to shut it up. She is part of the culture of technocracy and obviously knows nothing about it. Neither do the two engineers I just mentioned. And those guys are actually helping build it. But so is the woman. Because as Elon Musk says, we are nodes in the system and all of our interaction with all the various technology is helping them build this ai prison this ai hive mind so as you can see it is our culture now ladies and gentlemen so that's all set out there this is my belief my worldview we are in the technocracy it is our culture but the question is what happens to those of us who are awake how do we start to move our current investments around in a way that we can insulate them from what is coming and when is it actually coming when is cbdc central bank digital currency coming when are they going to force you to, you know, turn over your 401k in exchange for carbon credit-based CBDC? When are they going to take your IRA? When are they going to say, hey, that cash you have uh, hidden under your mattress, you need to turn that in? That we don't really know. That's what we're working on. That's part of why I'm interested in investigating this for myself, my wife, friends, and family who are asking, well, when is this coming? And I've heard people say, so Jerome Powell, he says, five to 10 years before the U.S. can do it, right? Because we need these laws. I don't believe they really need the laws. I think they can do whatever the hell they want. I don't think we live in a constitutional republic. I believe it's an illusion. As I said, our culture is technocracy. I think they could shove this stuff through under emergency powers. They could just make anything up they want. At this point, we've seen them do this time and time again. So I'll talk to Wide Awake Jim about that. Now, I also see test pilot programs being launched all around the world. There's over 100 countries in uh, some form of development now into CBDC. We'll look at some of that tonight. And so what I want to be able to do over the next few weeks is try to figure out at what point are they going to flip the switch. And I don't think it's going to happen overnight, folks. I think it's a slow roll. It's the frog boiling in the pot, as they always do. Time is on their side. And so they'll slow roll this. Jim thinks it's going to take him at least five, 10 years, maybe a generation. Uh, we just want to be prepared for it, folks, and figure out if there is a way around it. Now, obviously, we don't give uh, financial advice on this show, nor would we, but we can talk about certain scenarios and situations people are in, and uh, we could talk about personally what we're doing, our friends of ours are doing. So this is the road I'm going to go down over the next couple of episodes before before I get back into, I'm going to finish up MK Ultra for you and transhumanism. But right now, I want to get this uh, laid out, and I want to get the research I've been doing done over the uh, that I've been doing over the last couple of days all done. So when the gym comes on, we could merge the stuff that I've been covering with the stuff that he's been researching, and start to try to figure out exactly what direction this is moving and when it's actually going to happen. But in my mind, at least the storyline that I'm following, I'm starting here with. Vitalik Buterin, all right, again, founder of Ethereum, awarded $100,000 in 2014 by Peter Thiel. And in 2013, this guy Buterin was working on CB, um, sorry, on Ethereum. 
Theo gives him $100,000, and he continues his work into Ethereum. And one of his partners who co-founded Ethereum with him is this guy, Joseph Lubin, who is credited as the co-founder of Ethereum, and now he is the head of a company called Consensus, C-O-N-S-E-N. S-Y-S, consensus. And this is very, very important, ladies and gentlemen, because this company is going to play a major part in what we're talking about tonight. I'll be right back, folks. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Payne.tv slash gold. Folks, check us out, Payne.tv slash gold. Join us over there and get access to the ad-free video version of this podcast as well as the Thomas Payne podcast and access to a like-minded group of individuals using a Facebook-like mobile application and website that you can download and log on to. It's fantastic. It's a private community built by Mike Moore and his team. It's not built on top of Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, so your information is secure. And again, it's all like-minded folks there. It's not like going on Twitter and fighting. You're going to find people who want to have honest discussions about the topics we cover here and the topics that Mike covers on the Thomas Paine podcast. All also, folks, leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. It helps us move up the charts. I'd really appreciate it. It's the least you can do. Drop a comment there. We love them, and it really, really does help us. Also, if you'd like to donate to the show, it's donorbox.org, donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show, and you can leave a donation over there as we begin to monetize this show, folks. All right, let me just show you this real quick. Up on the screen, I have ethereum.org. Just for those of you who are not familiar with what this is, it's E-T-H-E-R-E-U-M.org. It says, welcome to Ethereum. Ethereum is the community-run technology powering the crypto uh, currency Ether, E-T-H, and thousands of decentralized applications. So on this site, you can access a bunch of stuff connected to Ethereum. Let's just look at this. What is Ethereum? And this is just going to be a quick background for you so you're not lost when I'm discussing all the other technology that comes into play here. It says, what is Ethereum? Ethereum is a technology that's home to digital money, global payments, and applications. The community has built a blooming digital economy, bold new ways for creators to earn online and so much more it's open to everyone wherever you are in the world all you need is the internet all right so let's click on what is ethereum just so you guys have a quick understanding of this ethereum uh it says right here the foundation for our digital future a complete beginner's guide to how ethereum works the benefits it brings and how it's being used by millions of people around the world in the summary here ethereum is a technology for building apps and organizations holding assets transacting and communicating without being controlled by a central 
authority. There is no need to hand over all of your personal details to use Ethereum. You keep control of your own data and what is being shared. Ethereum has its own cryptocurrency, Ether, which is used to pay for certain activities on the Ethereum network. Still confused? Let's explain everything step by step. And I think we should do this, folks, just so you and I are on the same page here. So there's a picture of a little robot guy, and it says, what is cryptocurrency? Uh, We've talked about some of this on the show, but I have not gone into depth on it. I always believed that crypto was a scam from day one. Years ago, when my libertarian friends were pushing it on me, saying cryptocurrency was going to be the future, it was our way of beating the government, I said to myself, wait, it operates on the internet and you have to download some sort of digital wallet? It is the government. Are you kidding me? Now, you may not believe that, but I think in the end, we will be proven right over here. There is not going to be a competing currency allowed to operate on the internet unless the government wants it to be there because they could just turn it off and block it as you can see the government can do whatever it wants no one is going to stop it all right if you don't believe me go listen to legal man show at the quash and he will explain all of that to you he's been on this show two or three times uh i think he's slated to come back on again in a couple of weeks all right it says what is cryptocurrency crypto short for cryptocurrency is a new form of digital money powered by cryptography it all started in 2008 with bitcoin You could use it to send funds to anyone, anywhere globally. What made crypto different from normal bank transfers or other financial services like PayPal or Alipay is that there were no middleman for the first time. What is a middleman? A middleman is a central authority, like a bank or government, that intervenes in a transaction between the sender and the recipient. They have the power to surveil, censor, or revert transactions, and they can share the sensitive data they collect about you with third parties. They also often dictate which financial services you have access to. Things are different with crypto. Transactions directly connect sender and recipient without having to deal with any central authority. Nobody else will have access to your funds, and nobody can tell you what services you can use. This is possible because of the blockchain technology upon which cryptocurrencies operate. Well, let me just explain this to you quickly, folks. That's nice in theory and all, but the whole idea is that the monetary system under central bank digital currency will be centralized under the central bank, and they will be able to block you from using services. They will be able to literally stop you from shopping in the grocery store today or buying sweet potatoes. They will be able to stop you from pumping gas at your car or loading it up with electricity at an electric pump. Yes, they'll be able to stop everything. That is the entire point of CBDC. The other thing is for the layman, for the layman, if you've bought and sold or traded any kind of cryptocurrency or held cryptocurrency in the form of like stock sort of, um, you would have to down something download something like coinbase and many of you know if you do that you have to scan your driver's license give them your social security number and it 
tells you right there they're reporting everything to the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. So that's that's for the layman. Now, if you're some kind of computer hacker nerd geek, maybe you can get around all this stuff. I know there's a couple people that listen to the show that come from that world, and I'd be happy to have them on. I'm getting some great information from people at pain.tv slash gold, but they don't want to come on. So then it's going to involve me having to do hundreds of hours of research into the work they've already researched. So if you guys want to come on the show, please do so. Share all the information you have. Educate me. Give me more knowledge. When I learn, the audience learns. That's the way it should be. I don't want to just be the uh, purveyor of truth over here. All right. So that's what it tells you uh, the purpose is. Now, some believe that it all started with Bitcoin by this Japanese guy who was secret and no really knows who it is and then over time there's people that claim they are him they're not him this guy's him nobody really does it's a fairy tale okay but the idea here is that if the government rolls out a cbdc we're talking central banks at the highest level roll out cbdc everything will be tracked and every transaction will have to clear the government the middlemen will be gone the commercial banks will be gone the people in between all these people we don't like anyway but now you'll just be interacting between uh me and you but you'll have the central bank in the middle as the clearing house so everything is tracked all right it says what is a blockchain a blockchain is a database uh, of transactions that is updated and shared across many computers in a network every time a new set of transactions is added it's called a block hence the name blockchain most blockchains are public and you can only add data not remove if someone wanted to alter any of the information or cheat the system they need to do so on the majority of computers on the network that is a lot this makes established blockchains like ethereum highly secure why is it called cryptocurrency blockchains use cryptographic techniques to ensure that your funds are safe similar techniques have been used in the banking industries to ensure the security of monetary transactions for years so you could say cryptocurrencies have a bank level of security well folks my wife had over ten thousand dollars stolen out of her savings account with a fraudulent wire transfer last uh well, beginning of this year it took me three months to recover that money from the bank with all sorts of threats and i wouldn't have been able to do that except that i knew mike moore and my mother had both worked for Citibank and gave me some inside tips so the banks aren't really that secure as you can see they're going to then drive you into cryptocurrency and the cbdc by telling you that your money will be more secure that'll be one of the scams one of the schemes on how they push you into using and accepting and adopting uh, uh, central bank digital currency. The other thing is we've heard of the federal government through the FBI and others seizing people's crypto wallets. We've heard of hacks happening. So it's not a 100% secure in the way that they tried to tell you it is. It says, what is the difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin? Launched in 2015, Ethereum builds on Bitcoin's innovation with some big differences. Both let you use digital money without payment providers or banks, but Ethereum is programmable. So you can also build and deploy decentralized applications on its network. Ethereum being programmable, programmable means that you can build apps that use 
the blockchain to store data or control what your app can do. This results in a general purpose blockchain that can be programmed to do anything, as there is no limit to what Ethereum can do. It allows for great innovation to happen on the Ethereum network. While Bitcoin is only a payment network, Ethereum is more like a marketplace of financial services, games, social networks, and other apps that respect your privacy and cannot censor you. All right, and so... They've got a little graph up here. It says, what can Ethereum do? Banking for everyone. Not everyone has access to financial services, but all you need to access Ethereum and its lending, borrowing, and savings products is an internet connection. This is one of the scams that the big guys at the high level are using to draw people into CBDC, which it says, not everyone has access to financial services. And I was just watching a John Titus video this afternoon, and they even admit it's something like you know one million people in the united states don't have a bank account and 75 percent of those said that they don't want one they don't want to do business with banks so it's something like two hundred and fifty thousand people supposedly don't have access to financial services and so cbdc central bank digital currency is going to solve that problem for them i was involved with that case back in the city of new haven where the mayor john de stefano was launching a city ID card in New Haven, first in the nation, to give illegal aliens access to uh, services in the city, like a library card, access to the gym, stuff like that. And in the end, it turned out to be a giant banking scandal. The mayor had essentially stolen about $20 million from the taxpayers in the city of New Haven, and he was using that to open up a uh, community development bank. And back then, it was known that illegal aliens... Uh, this is around 2007, 2008, we're carrying around a lot of cash, you know, from landscaper jobs and working in restaurants under the table. And so he was trying to get them to bring their cash to his bank, but they needed an ID to get around the Patriot Act. And so that was the scam he set up. And as the city started to promote this to all the liberals within the city and the surrounding suburbs, they said, we're giving people who don't have access to banks, access to banks. That was one of the big, big branding propaganda methods that they used all right it goes on to say a more private internet you don't need to provide all your personal details to use an ethereum app ethereum is building an economy based on value not surveillance well to be able to take your ethereum money and then transfer that in to wallets. The wallets, you have to give up all your personal information, just as if you're opening a bank account. A peer-to-peer network. Ethereum allows you to move money or make agreements directly with someone else. You don't need to go through intermediary companies. All right, so that's one of the big pitches that they're making here. Of course, when CBDC comes into place, I told you, the central bank is the middleman. Every transaction is tracked. Goes on to say, censorship resistant. No government or company has control over Ethereum. This decentralization makes it nearly impossible for anyone to stop you from receiving payments or using services on Ethereum. Again, folks, if the government doesn't want this operating, they could just shut it down. I mean, don't be so naive to believe that there's a bunch of computers hidden in people's basements and the data is transferring around and the government can't capture that or shut it down altogether. I mean, come on, that's just being naive to say that that is the case when the government itself actually created the internet it says commerce guarantees customers have a secure built-in guarantee that funds will only change hands if you provide what was agreed likewise developers can have certainty that the rules won't change 
on them. Again, it's like smart contracts, which we'll eventually get into. It says all products are composable. Since all apps are built on the same blockchain with a shared global state, they could build off each other like Legos. This allows for better products and experiences being built all the time. All right, so I think that gives you sort of just a quick understanding of Ethereum. I'm going to give you some Ethereum numbers momentarily, and then we're going to move forward into this discussion on Joseph Lubin and why I'm sitting here talking about Ethereum. This is very important information. Again, I don't know if anyone has covered this before. Uh, I just happened to stumble upon um, this guy, Joseph Lubin, in other research. I mean, obviously, people have covered Ethereum. But I'm going to just go through step by step how Ethereum, created by this Buterin guy while he was funded by Peter Thiel, and then his partner in Ethereum, Joseph Lubin, goes on to form this company, Consensus. And now Consensus, you'll see, is heavily tied in to the government and writing white papers and everything else on central bank digital currency, while Lubin is tied up in Bank for International Settlements, United Nations, Sustainability, and the World Economic Forum, folks. It all comes together behind the scenes and people can just review the financial documents and say well this isn't true but i'm going into the various companies and the various technologies because that shows me what is actually moving forward folks i'm moving forward into a quick break i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 